Hello, and welcome to the Christ Church Cathedral Podcast. This is the sermon from our past Sunday, recorded live from the cathedral. We hope these words will really speak to your heart and mind. I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You may be seated. From time to time, in the church calendar, the lectionary has a way of forcing us into an experience of cognitive dissonance. Maybe we could even say an experience of spiritual dissonance. This dissonance can bubble up within us when the scripture passages that we hear proclaimed from this lectern don't quite mesh with how we feel inside. And I imagine that some of you may be feeling a bit of that dissonance right now. Today, as a church, we are celebrating Gaudete Sunday. Gaudete is Latin, and it means rejoice. Rejoice. Now, for a bit of context, Advent is in many ways a counterpart to the season of Lent in the church calendar. Both are seasons of penitence or repentance, during which we prepare our hearts and minds to celebrate a major Christian festival. Even in the broader culture, people often know that Lent is a season of somber reflection, introspection, and penitence. But I imagine that some people, especially those who don't attend church very frequently, might be surprised that Advent has a similar character, especially since non-stop celebratory Christmas music is pumped through the speakers of our grocery stores and shopping malls from the day after Thanksgiving until December 25th. But for Christians, especially those whose churches read through the lectionary each Sunday, we know that Advent has a somber and penitential mood. And we know that because John the Baptist is our constant companion through the season of Advent. In the Advent readings, we hear about the ministry of John who came to prepare the way for the Lord, and we hear about his message of repentance. But even though both Advent and Lent are both seasons of penitence and repentance, preparation and introspection, both are interrupted at about the halfway point for a moment of joyous celebration. In Lent, Letere Sunday, and in Advent, today, Gaudete Sunday, these are moments to rejoice, to celebrate, during an otherwise austere and penitential season. So today we read from the prophet Zephaniah. Sing aloud, O daughter Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter Jerusalem. But if I'm honest, I don't really feel all that joyful this morning. I don't really feel like rejoicing today. Just yesterday, we as a cathedral community hosted the memorial of a teenager who died by suicide. Charlie, the dear and beloved granddaughter of John and Anne Louise, two cherished members of this community. And that's what I mean by spiritual 
dissonance. The church calendar and the lectionary put before us these joyous hymns that call us to rejoice, to sing aloud, to exult with our, all our heart. And here we are today in our grief and in our sorrow. The passage from Zephaniah that we read today actually comes from the end of the book. The book of Zephaniah is only three chapters long. You can read it in a few minutes. And if you only read the final verses, like we just did a few minutes ago, you might get the wrong impression about what Zephaniah's book is all about. The book ends, as we've heard, with this moment of rejoicing, of jubilant, joyous exultation. And yet the rest of the book is unrelentingly bleak. Just listen to how the book begins. I will utterly sweep away everything from the face of the earth. I will sweep away humans and animals. I will sweep away the birds of the air and the fish of the sea. I will make the wicked stumble. I will cut off humanity from the face of the earth. The great day of the Lord is near, near and hastening fast. The sound of the day of the Lord is bitter. That day will be a day of wrath, a day of distress and anguish, a day of ruin and devastation, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness. The prophet begins his book by warning the people, the people of Jerusalem, that they will soon experience immense suffering, anguish, and pain. And he is excruciatingly honest about the path that lies ahead for the people. This will be a time of extraordinary trial and travail, and yet, and yet, the book ends with a call to rejoice, to sing, to celebrate. This call to joyous exultation for Zephaniah is rooted in both the truth and a promise. The truth, the truth that the prophet Zephaniah reminds us of comes in verses 15 and 17 of chapter 3. The king of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. The Lord your God is in your midst. Emmanuel, God is with us. And the promise comes by way of a series of I will statements spoken in the voice of God in verses 18 through 20. I will remove disaster from you. I will deal with your oppressors. I will save the lame. I will gather the outcast. I will change their shame into praise. I will bring you home. What's interesting is that Jerusalem is told to rejoice now, even though the promise lies in the future. The text does not say, Rejoice, O Jerusalem, for I have removed disaster from you. It says, Rejoice, O Jerusalem, for I will remove disaster from you. What gave the prophet the confidence, the boldness, and, dare I say, the audacity to call the people to rejoice before the promise of God's redemption had been fulfilled. Because it's not just Zephaniah. This is common in Israel's prophetic literature. The people are in crisis, the people are suffering, 
and the prophet offers assurance of God's presence and points to a promise of future redemption and calls the people to rejoice right there in the midst of their crisis, in the midst of their suffering. For the prophets, Israel was a people living in the between times. God had delivered Israel from slavery in Egypt, and God had promised them everlasting peace and security in the future. But in those between times, in the times between the Exodus and the New Jerusalem, Israel dealt with corrupt kings, internal division and violence, war with neighboring peoples, and conquest and exile at the hand of major empires. But for the prophets, the experience of deliverance from slavery in Egypt gave them the confidence to rest and, yes, even rejoice in God's presence, even in the midst of pain and suffering, knowing that their experience of hardship, pain, and travail would be transformed, that one day God would wipe every tear from every eye. As Christians, we too are people of the between times. And just like Israel could look back to Exodus, so we look back to the cross and the resurrection where God transformed horrific suffering into joy. This is something we remind ourselves of every Advent. We look back to the first coming of Christ and we wait in hopeful, patient expectation for the second coming of Christ because on that day, God will wipe every tear from every eye. We remember Christ, God with us, our Emmanuel, who is still present with us in the scriptures, in the Eucharist, in the faces of the poorest among us, and in the deep bonds of fellowship and community that we share with one another in this room. So many people in this community have been Christ to one another this week. And so I rejoice that Christ is with us even in the midst of heartache, confusion, and pain. Because joy is no shallow emotion, Joy is no cheap happiness. Joy is not dependent on external circumstance. But as Zephaniah shows us, joy is rooted in our confidence in God's presence and God's promise. Today we read words from Paul and his letter to the Philippians. And it's worth noting that Paul wrote that letter from a jail cell. Imagine sitting in a jail cell, perhaps like one of the ones on Barton Street, and having the confidence in God's presence and promise to write the words, rejoice in the Lord always, again I say rejoice. Paul uses the word rejoice and joy all over the place in Philippians. But again for Paul, just like for Zephaniah, the experience of joy is not rooted in external circumstances. Instead, Paul tells the Philippian church, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And I'll end with this. The other day I was fumbling around trying to figure out what to say this morning, and I came across an old book. It's a book called Theology and Joy by the great German theologian Jürgen Moltmann. He wrote the book in 1971 at the height of the Vietnam War, the anti-war student protest movement, and the political unrest and violence that was flaring up 
all over the world. Years later, when he was reflecting on the experience of writing that book, Moltmann wrote, my question at the time was this, how can we laugh and rejoice when there are so many tears to be wiped away and when new tears are being added every day? I imagine many of you may be asking that very same question right now. And he continued, quite honestly, this world in which there are crimes and suffering is not a divine world of joy. The face of this world is not peace and joy, it is pain and protest. But then Moltmann steps back and asks a question. And I'm going to quote because this passage meant a lot to me this week. But are joy and protest, happiness and pain, laughter and tears true alternatives? I don't believe they are. The secret of life is love. In love, we go out of ourselves and lay ourselves open to all the experiences of life. In love, we become happy and vulnerable at the same time. The more deeply love draws us into life, the more alive and simultaneously the more capable of sorrow we become. Joy in life's happiness motivates us to revolt against the life that is destroyed and against those who destroy life. And grief over life that is destroyed is nothing other than an ardent longing for life's liberation to happiness and joy. And so I'll leave you with one more quote from Moltmann. And I've quoted him a lot already, but his words helped me to process my own thoughts and emotions this week. So I hope they're a gift to you as well. He finished his reflection on joy and suffering by pointing to Christ. And so he asks, why is Christianity such a unique religion of joy? Even though at its center stands the suffering of God and the cross of Christ. Because we remember the death of Christ in the light of his resurrection, in the splendor of the divine eternal life that is embracing our human and mortal life already here and now. You still might not be ready to rejoice. I don't think I am either, and that's okay. You still may experience that feeling of spiritual dissonance when you read the words of Zephaniah and Paul. But let's remember that in these between times, in these dark days of pain and suffering, our joy is in Christ, whose transforming presence is with us here and now, even as we hold out hope for the day when our joy will be made complete, that day when God will wipe away every tear from every eye. Amen. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a production of Christ's Church Cathedral. Our original theme and audio engineering are done by Eduardo Farias. For more information, go to cathedralhamilton.ca. We hope you would join us again soon. Have a blessed day.